Good evening, everybody, and welcome into the final GM show of this regular season. It's all presented by S&T Bank, and we have Ron Hextall, Penguins general manager, kind enough to spend some time with us amidst a busy and at times up and down, emotionally draining roller coaster of a schedule for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ron, uh, as I've said all year, but again tonight, appreciate your time as always. Always a pleasure. Thanks for being here. Um, it was crazy last night against the Chicago Blackhawks. I think that's fair to say. The Penguins with an opportunity to put themselves back into a playoff spot. They end up losing the game 5-2. to two. How do you now in the hours that have passed kind of come to grips with that and wrap your head around what transpired in that game? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a tough one. I think, you know, things were lined up for us. They played the night before and um, they got in late and, uh, you know, we, we knew we needed a big effort. And I think for the most part, our effort was, was good, but, um, it's a little, little perplexing. If you look at, you know, the analytics and whatnot, we, we, des- we deserved to win on the other hand, you know, you got to find ways and we didn't find a way to win. And that's, that's the bottom line. And obviously it was very disappointing. I think the biggest thing that maybe is the most disappointing with this team, at least from you know our perspective talking about it in the broadcast, is, and you mentioned it too, I mean, this is a, a really veteran-laden team. There's a lot of Stanley Cups in that dressing room. There's a lot of playoff experience and situational experience, and it seems like in these kind of games, whether it were some of those matchups against the Islanders back in March or even last night against the Blackhawks, where there's a position with some playoff implication for the Penguins, they haven't necessarily gotten the result. And as you mentioned, and I agree, it's not for lack of effort, but it's sometimes it's just for lack of getting what you need in the score sheet and the standings I mean how do you kind of put that into words because it's a, it's a bit perplexing this year yeah it, it is perplexing um, you know there's there's nights where we've played extremely well um, there's nights where we haven't played well at all um, it's almost like we have we have our a games and we have our C games and we don't have enough of the we don't have enough of the B games where the way the league is now you win a lot of games when you play your B game and it just seems like the extremes this year have been have been up and down when you look at the the playoff picture now obviously the penguins are on the outside looking and there's just one spot left um, do you dwell a lot on that fact of what happened last night going into the next 24 to 48 hours because obviously the destiny is now out of your hands for the penguins yeah, there's no there's no sense dwelling on it at this point. I think you know obviously we got to get some luck tonight, and we get our fingers crossed. Um, and then if we do get some luck, then we got to take care of business tomorrow. So we got to focus on tomorrow, get ready to go tomorrow in Columbus, and and be prepared to win a game. Well, the Penguins do need some help tonight. A Montreal Canadiens victory in regulation will keep their postseason hopes alive. And we're back with more here on the GM Show. It's presented by S&T Bank on the Penguins Radio Network. We're back here on the GM Show. It's presented by S&T Bank alongside Penn's general manager, Ron Hextall. I am Josh Getzoff. And, Ron, uh, over the weekend, the Penguins pick up a big victory at the time against the Detroit Red Wings 5-1. And Sidney Crosby gets three points in that game, two goals and an assist for the captain. And uh, those were significant because it pushed him to 1,500 points in his career, just the 15th player ever to hit that mark. Um, it seems like when you, have, you and I have had these conversations over the last couple of years, there's a milestone every other episode for one of your key guys. This is a pretty big one, though, considering the, the rarefied air that Sid has found him in here with this point total. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. I think the 1,000 points is a big one, kind of a milestone and 1,500 points. I'm not sure it's given as much uh, uh, credit as deserved. Like, it's 1,500 points is, as you just said, 15 players. Um, it's it's the elite of the elite, you know the the perseverance. I think the longevity, the consistency. I mean, it's it's a pleasure just watching Sid every day and every night 
uh, play and the way he carries himself, the way he handles himself in public. Uh, he's got a lot of respect around the league, not only for his play, but the way he handles himself. He's just a, a, a pro's pro, and, and I think we all have the utmost respect for him. Across the 90-point plateau uh, as well in that Detroit game, just him and Eric Carlson are the only guys over the age of 30 that have hit above 90 points this regular season in the National Hockey League uh, and are in the top 20 in the NHL in scoring. So pretty impressive stuff for the captain. Uh, and as far as the offense is concerned in the NHL, Ron, I think it's been kind of interesting. I was just mentioning to you off the air that when you look at recently, it's Connor McDavid hitting 60 goals and 150 points. Um David Pasternak hit 60 goals for the Boston Bruins over the weekend in Philadelphia. Claude Giroux just got his 1,000-point. Joe Pavelski just got his 1,000-point. We mentioned what Sid did. Um, there are milestones, and those obviously, the 1,000 points, the 1,500 points, they're more career longevity milestones. But what do you make of this real surge and peak in offense across the league this year? Because it seems like it's, on, it's been on an upward trajectory for a while as far as the offensive-minded league setting that we're in here in the National Hockey League. But this year, it's just taken on a whole different level. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an exciting game. I think the uh, teams are playing more aggressive versus conservative. I think the, you know, the neutral zone trap that everybody, everybody talks about, everybody's got their systems, but it is a much more aggressive system now in terms of pursuing offense, pursuing the puck. And I think that's a lot of the reason that the goal scoring is up. And it's certainly a, a much more exciting game. It's been fun to watch uh, on a nightly basis, just goals left and right. No lead seems to be safe either uh, in the National Hockey League. One guy who certainly has been known for his offense, his defensive ability too, but is a core piece of this Penguins team is Chris Letang. Um, and it was just uh, announced earlier this week that he was the Pen uh, Pittsburgh Pro Hockey Writers Association. I fumbled on the air last night with that too. Uh, it's a mouthful. But he was their nominee for the Masterton Trophy, which of course is perseverance and dedication to the game of hockey. And we know the season uh, that Chris Letang has had on and off the ice. Uh, a lot of hurdles physically, mentally, uh, everything that's come with it. Uh, what can you say about that nomination? And I think it's fair to say that you hope it's just the nomination is just the beginning, and he's maybe a finalist and potentially even considered for that award this year. Yeah, I, I look at what Chris has been through, obviously seeing it from the inside. He, he, he's not only a terrific nominee, I think he would be a great winner. certainly think that he deserves it. He's been through a ton this year. He's persevered. He works hard. He's dedicated. Uh, I, I just got all the respect in the world for him. He's a warrior. Uh, there's not a lot of guys that would – go through what he went through this year and continue to play and play at the level he's played at so I take my hat off and and I got my fingers crossed that Tanger wins it one area that you uh, really looked at this offseason coming into this season this past offseason I should say uh, was the right side of the defense which obviously Chris Letang is a part of Jeff Petrie and Jan Ruder were added behind him uh, but last night was only the 35th time in 81 games that those three guys have been in the lineup at the same time and I know injuries are just part of the game and you can't help that Penguins though are 20 12 and three in those games that they've been in the lineup so clearly there's results to be spoken for for those guys being available and you get Dmitry Kulikov back last night too and I know obviously that was a bit of a different situation with him coming over at the deadline and then getting hurt only four games into his Penguins tenure um, but he comes back Marcus Pedersen's been skating uh, I know there's potentially only one game left in the regular season for the Penguins but do you look at this as a, a hopeful opportunity that you could have what you imagine being your full blue line together uh, Thursday night in Columbus with Marcus Pedersen hopefully getting back as well? Yes, we're hoping P's back uh, tomorrow. And I think, 
you know, we like we like our defense. Um, as you mentioned, we haven't had it together a ton of games, but that's why you have the type of depth that we have in the Friedmans and the Ruedels. So um, whoever's in there tomorrow night and assuming we get a, a positive result tonight, we got we to gotta be tight tomorrow night. I mean, Columbus is a, sim- a similar team to Chicago. They're, they're not playing for a whole lot and they're playing loose. And certainly we got to be ready for that game. And whoever's in on D needs to be ready to roll. Another uh, player who's been battling injury, a, def- a different kind of injury, and I can't say I'm an expert on lacerated kidneys, but uh, Nick Benino's been out for now just over a month here for the Penguins, and it was exciting when you brought him back uh, at the deadline from the San Jose Sharks via the Montreal Canadiens, I believe, in that kind of swing-around trade. Um, but he came to Pittsburgh, played a few games, suffered the kidney injury against the Islanders, hasn't played since. We know that his presence is missed in the bottom six, but he's also been skating, and I'm not asking necessarily if he's in tomorrow night and Columbus but do you feel like there's a possibility that he could be trending towards game action with where he's at right now yeah I believe there's a there's a chance tomorrow and um, we'll see how how tonight goes and we'll see what what our medical staff says and and we'll go from there but he's been skating for a while now he feels good he's in you know reasonable shape given what he's been through um, so we'll see we'll see tomorrow night but I think Nick is a guy that we brought him in he's a good player he's a good penalty killer but he's also a good pro he's good in the room um, so we've certainly missed him. Yeah, he's been uh, missed on and off the ice for the Penguins. Uh, as far as those guys who haven't necessarily played a whole lot recently for the Penguins, there are some guys that are looking down a, a f- perfect 82 for 82 season on Thursday night. Uh, Evgeny Malkin, Ricard Raquel, Sidney Crosby, Brian Dumoulin all approaching that number. Uh, as it pertains to Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, you know, we know the offseason when you brought back Evgeny Malkin, you brought back Chris Letang. I think it's fair to say those guys have performed well, at least from the offensive perspective uh, for the Penguins this year. And we know what Sid has done. We just talked about that earlier. When you think about what you've had this year, where those two have been there all season, and let's be honest, I mean, mid-30s, you never know over the course of an NHL year what it's going to be like. Does that kind of compound the frustration a little bit more that now you're looking at a situation where you need help tonight going into tomorrow to kind of take advantage of this season? Yeah, for sure. I think if you if you look at those players that you just mentioned and you think at the start of the year they're going to play all 82 games and they're going to play well, right. you know, you're thinking we're in, a, we're in a pretty good position. So, I mean, again, there's a number of reasons why we're in the position we're in and we're there now. And, again, we just hope for that result tonight. But um, health-wise, I mean, Sid and Gino at their ages and the amount of minutes they play and whatnot, it's uh, – credit to both of them for looking after themselves uh, and being healthy the whole year. Well, the Penguins face the Columbus Blue Jackets tomorrow night in Nationwide Arena and much more to come here on the GM Show with Ron Hextall. It's all presented by S&T Bank. Welcome back here to the regular season finale of the GM show presented by S&T Bank alongside Penn's general manager, Ron Hextall. I'm Josh Getzoff. And uh, Ron, it's been a, a unique situation in the organization this year in the sense that we all know the, the, the uh, predicament facing the Penguins here going into Thursday that obviously they need some help from Montreal tonight on the island against the Islanders. Uh, but we also know that the Wheeling Nailers and Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins will not be participating in the Kelly Cup and Calder Cup playoffs respectively, both uh, out of the mix in their respective leagues. Um, if the Penguins miss that remains to be seen but a lot of times you see a team focuses maybe personnel sends some players down to be a part of playoff runs how do the next couple months look you know from the organizational perspective when you don't necessarily have that going on in your farm system beneath the big club 
Well, we'll still focus on, you know, our younger players in, in Wilkes-Barre and our younger prospects around the globe. So there will be some things that, that we can do with our development people and our, our strength and conditioning and our, our performance team. So we'll continue to work with our younger players and, you know, do some tests on them at the at the end of the year down there in Wilkes and figure out where they're at and give them a, a, a very detailed, you know, dialogue for the summer in terms of here's your program, here's, you know, all the habits that we, we need you to do to be your best. Um, you know, really microing the, the needs of, of some of the younger players, whether it be strength, whether it be power, there's a big difference there, whether it be putting on weight. There's So we'll have a detailed plan for, for all of them for the whole summer. So there's still things that go on behind the scenes with certainly with the younger players or prospects. I think one guy that at least I'll be interested to see here over the next three or four months going into the summer and coming towards next season is Sam Poulan, who obviously left the team uh, for a few months this year, returned last Friday uh, in their game against Providence. And that was great to see, obviously, making his way back into the lineup and getting back into professional hockey shape and playing in a game. Um, you know, what, what can you say about that kind of a process for a guy? A little unique, obviously, to come forward with his issues and, and be yeah. very public and personal about it and commending him for that. Certainly we are. But um, to then come back and, and hopefully be a, a factor in this prospect pool and potentially Penguins roster moving forward. Yeah, and all the reports on Sam is that he played very well down there. So hopefully he has a good a good final weekend here. And then, uh, you know, we'll see if we make the playoffs, whether he, he comes up or not. But I think Sam, he, he, he did have some personal um, issues there. He's dealt with them. Um, he's doing very well, and I give the kid credit for, for stepping up, and we certainly gave him all the leeway that he needed to, to uh, work through his issues, and he seems to be in a good spot now. So we'll continue to be supportive and um, help Sam in any way we can. Another name um, as far as first-round picks for the Penguins that recently made his way to northeastern Pennsylvania is Owen Pickering, uh, finishing up with Swift Current, coming over to the professional deal and joining the uh, Baby Pens. What are the reports been of the first few games of him seeing uh, professional action uh, and kind of acclimating himself to the pro game? They, they've been fairly good. I mean, he's an 18-year-old hockey player. He's an 04 born, and, and that's a lot to be at this level or at that level. Um, certainly, Pick has a lot of work to do in terms of his body, getting stronger, more power, and all those kinds of things. But just to give him a, a, a brief look at pro hockey and you know how guys uh, carry themselves, the, the work that goes into it, the size, the strength, and everything, it gives him a little bit of a, a vision into what he needs to improve. And it's been, it's been a real good experience for him and uh, again Pick will be one of those guys in the summer that we have you know a, a lot of focus on in terms of the, the strength and conditioning part, the power part um, the detail part in terms of you know diet and, and sleep and whatnot. so there's a real education for those young players and Pick is, is starting to go through the process now It'll be interesting, you know, over the next handful of months, obviously the draft will add a couple new prospects to this Penguins pool. And we've seen some guys have strong years down in Wilkes-Barre this year. Obviously, Alex Nylander's come up to Pittsburgh and had a couple productive uh, moments here for the Penguins. We've seen Sam Poulin, Philip Hollander, obviously having strong moments, Valtteri Pustin in as well. Um, for your opinion, and not to put you totally on the spot, but are there any names that maybe are not at the top of mind for Penguins fans that have had those productive years down in Wilkes-Barre that could potentially, I'm not saying challenge for a Penguins roster spot, but have maybe made more progress than anticipated this year in the minor leagues to jump up the depth chart? Um, Gr Gruden certainly made a, made a lot of progress. I mean, he's a... Uh 
He's a, a, a penalty killer. He's a real hard-nosed guy. He uh, plays, plays the game, you know, the right way. Um, he's in your face. He's, he's competitive. He's combative. I mean, he's, he's actually the type of guy that, you know, we, we've been kind of waiting for. So we're excited about him. I think Ty Smith, everybody saw Ty Smith earlier. And he's had, you know, he was hurt for a while there. But overall, I think he's made strides. So um, we got some kids there. I and mean, we just signed Joel Blomquist and Annette there who we're excited about. So we've got some kids coming. And we'll, we'll continue to, to, you know, develop and work with our young players and hopefully we'll see a few of them on the team next year. Yeah, look forward to seeing how that develops. Uh, as far as the team this year and even going into next year with the National Hockey League, one thing that I think we've come to appreciate in the salary cap world is that no game is easy and no game should be taken for granted. Case in point last night and even the night before that with the New York Islanders losing to Washington, uh, the two teams that won those two games are not participating in the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Capitals and the Blackhawks. Teams trying to get in in the Islanders and the Penguins. Um, this season, even more so than last, it really seems like the parity is truly there. And I know that's what the NHL is going for and they're probably loving it in the league offices as much as just stressing all of us out yeah. uh, watching it on a nightly basis. But do you remember a time where it's been so unpredictable night to night I mean looking across the league you see a score at least to me I look at the scores the next morning and there's at least one every day that I'm kind of like wow I can't believe that team beat them there or that type of situation yeah I think that the, the salary cap I think is the biggest factor there but I think now there's there's 32 teams and as you said you know 20 years ago you'd look at your schedule and you'd go okay we're going to win you know 20 these 20 games and you'd probably win 18 of them and nowadays you don't look at one game and say we're going to win this game again last night is a is a recent reminder but it's uh it's a it's a tough league the parity is is uh certainly at an all-time high and i think i think you play 82 games it's a condensed schedule you know there's there's back-to-backs there's other factors in it that come into play as well and again it's uh every night you can't count on the fact that you're going to win any game it's going to be hard every night and you know the one thing we've we seem to rise against the better teams and somehow play a little bit uh down to to some of the teams near the bottom of the standings but i i'm not sure we're different than most teams there but it's certainly something that we can improve on well, the Penguins hoping some more parity continues tonight. A Montreal win in regulation keeps Pittsburgh's season alive. And we'll be back with the final segment of the final episode this year of the GM Show presented by s and Bank. Stay with us on the Penguins Radio Network. This is the GM Show, and it's presented by s and Bank right here on the Penguins Radio Network. Final segment of the final episode of this season. We thank Ron Hextall once again for taking the time with us. And, uh, Ron, I know Phil Bork and I were sitting in our very, very cozy and tight booth in Sunrise, Florida after you guys acquired uh, Nick Benino and Dmitry Kulikov post-deadline. Of course, it already brought Mikhail Granlin on board. And I remember our conversation that night and looking at the Penguins roster on paper and saying, okay, you've added Benino and Granlin to the bottom six. It's better than it was. You've added Dmitry Kulikov to your blue line. It's better than it was. And then, of course, the next month happened, and you had some unforeseen injuries and some crazy injuries at that. Mikhail Granlin, I think it's fair to say, has kind of struggled to find his footing production-wise. When all those factors kind of come together, um, how do you keep it even-keeled when you clearly had a plan and you clearly could see what was put on paper, but due to circumstances out of your control, you're not able to see it really come to fruition, at least consistently here over the last month? 
Yeah, it's one of the reasons you add, you know, you add, try to add depth at the deadline because inevitably, you know, there's going to be some injuries. Unfortunately, there's the two guys that we, two of the three guys that we acquired that got injured and, you know, we looked at them as, as, as pretty big pieces for us moving forward. But, you know, every team deals with injuries and there's certainly no excuse there. Like I mentioned earlier, you got, you got Friedman and Ruido. Like we had some pretty good depth there. Um, obviously, we lost. You know, you lose PD. Like it, it, it got difficult on defense. But it, again, everybody goes through it, and it's not the reason we're not sitting in the playoff spot right now. I think, I think Mikel, like he's done some good things. I think he's played, you know, fairly well for us. I think the production part of it. Uh, obviously, we expected a little bit more, and he expected a little bit more. Um, but he's he's a good player, and like I said at the time, you look, you look uh, at those three additions, and as you mentioned, we felt like our bottom six got better Mikel is a you know a playmaker uh, primarily and Bones is again one of those glue guys a penalty killer he can play the the left side he can play the middle he can take face-offs and Kulikov was that you know solid you know puck moving defenseman that we felt like we could use uh, down the stretch there and hey things don't always go the way that that you want them to go and that's just part of part of our business um, but you make the best projections you can and 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 uh, hope for the best and again two guys get hurt it's it's hard to it's hard to you know plan for that but again we had the type of depth we felt like that could that could overcome it with that being said as you mentioned it's uh it's not over here for the pittsburgh penguins they'll definitely be hoping for the best tonight in uh on long island i always i don't want to offend the uh long island listeners and penguins fandom that live on long island not in long island but that is where that game will be tonight uh where the islanders will face off against the montreal canadians after a loss like last night um, and, you know, coming back to the rink today, the team practices in Pittsburgh before they go to Columbus where it's really out of your control. Um, what kind of message is there, you know, amongst the team, amongst the personnel to, to stay positive, to keep your head up uh, and, and have a, you know, an, a positive outlook going into this trip to Columbus and hopefully playing a meaningful game against the Blue Jackets tomorrow night? Yeah, we, we have to stay focused on, on tomorrow night, have a good practice today. We all know that we're, we're waiting for a result tonight. We have no control over it, which is not a situation that we want to be in. But um, we've got enough leaders in our room and guys that have been through it where they know that we gotta, we got to look after our business tomorrow night. So start to get focused today for tomorrow night. Try And it, it's hard. It's, there's no doubt about it. Last night's loss was difficult. Um, but we've got to find a way as professionals to get over it and move on and, and get ready for tomorrow night. And that'll be the message today from the coaching staff and certainly from the leadership group. I think it's interesting how people handle these kind of situations where, as you mentioned, you can't control the result tonight on Long Island, but you're certainly very much interested and invested in it. Do you watch it? Are you going to follow along on your phone? Are you going to totally remove yourself tonight and just kind of see later on in the evening what happened in that game? Uh, how do you approach that situation? Yeah, no, I'll I'll watch it. I, I <laughs> pretty much watch hockey every night. Two nights ago I was watching both games, and um, I'll, be, I'll be watching. Me too. Well, Ron, thanks a lot for your help uh, this season and coming on. We really appreciate it. I know the schedule can be busy, can sometimes throw some curveballs as far as scheduling is concerned, but uh, both you and Brian Burke always make yourselves available, and it's very much appreciated on our end. I think our listeners enjoy hearing from you guys as well. So thank you. We hope uh, we get the result we need tonight on the island and the Canadians help out the Penguins, and there's a meaningful game tomorrow night in Columbus. Yep. Always a pleasure, Josh, and again, I appreciate what you do for the Penguins.
Thanks, Ron. That is Penguins general manager Ron Hextall. And again, we thank him and Penguins president of hockey operations, Brian Burke, for their time on the GM show this season. And all of you out there for tuning in each and every Wednesday night on the Penguins radio network. Penguins will face off against the Columbus Blue Jackets tomorrow night. We get you started with Penguins Live pregame 6 p.m. Phil Bork and I have the call from downtown Columbus and Nationwide Arena at 7 for the Pens and the Jackets. For our executive producer, Wayne Gretzky Anderson and Penguins general manager Ron Hextall, I'm Josh Getzoff. This has been the GM Show presented by S&T Bank. Good night, everybody.